I really did enjoy Taiwan. I yeah. really did enjoy Taiwan. Yeah. And so one day mm. I woke up in the morning to a phone call from my sister and she was quite upset. Yeah. And we learned very abruptly that our time in Taiwan was about to come to an end. Ah. I would love to spend like an extra three weeks in Taiwan. That would be super cool. Yeah. So, um, so why didn't we? Because my mom was diagnosed with late stage, they figured stage four, like taking over your body style cancer with a tumor in her chest bigger than her heart. Isn't your heart like the size of your fist? I guess maybe like bigger than a softball. Maybe a good way to put it. Sure. I called my mom and, you know, she was crying. I was crying. I was barely awake, but also crying. <laughs> yeah. And my aunt was like, you guys you need to come home. You need to come home because things could move very quickly. Your mom could have to go into surgery right away. Like, could be a matter of days. The way that this is going, you guys need to come home. You weren't awake yet, actually. And I was awake for the call with your mom and oh, D. Oh, yeah, you weren't awake for the one with my sister. But I came after I talked to my sister and woke Jess up, and I was obviously very shook, and I was like, hey. I have some news. I have some news. And I knew, I felt it in that moment, like I'm about to change Jess's reality drastically. Like, yeah. as Jess is sleeping there, yeah. we're in the middle of this world trip with this idea of how the rest of the year is going to look and what the rest of our time in Taiwan is going to look like. And I'm watching you sleep, and I'm like, fuck, like, I'm about to destroy all of that. Like, I'm about to destroy Jess's reality. But I had no choice. We needed to start planning. So I woke Jess up, and I told her, like, we, like, I have some news. Like, we have to go home. And she asked why. And I said, you know, my mom's sick. They say she has cancer. They might have to operate immediately. Like, it's not even a question. Like, we got to go home. And Jess was like, yeah, like, of course. So I started looking at plane tickets immediately. And just like that, after a week in Taiwan, our global trip was over in like 20 minutes. It was a pretty impactful moment. And of course, in the face of what we were facing, it wasn't even a question. Like, hands down. My my brother, my sister were going immediately to yeah. go be with my mom. Jess and I were, you know, <clears throat> 14,000 kilometers away. Yeah. And I said, we'll get out of here as fast as we can. Yeah. And we had two tickets already booked to Calgary for April 15th. And this was on... March 24th. March 24th, right. That we got the call. And yeah. we left on March 25th. Yeah. I was trying to get same-day flights out. Yeah. And we were on the phone all day 
like I was on the phone all day with different airlines. We learned that our visas didn't work because yeah, none of our credit cards worked for some fucking reason. Yeah, our Wise card was getting weird deposits on it, so I froze it. Yeah, I thought somebody was taking money out of our Wise account because there were transactions in Indonesian rupiah that I didn't recognize, and I was and it said that they were chip and pin cash transactions yeah. in Bali, and I was like, we're not in fucking Bali. Yeah, so the Wise card was was out. And that's what we had been using predominantly. Yeah. I tried to use my visa called TD. Found out that it had been locked in October. I'm like, oh shit. Like, I guess we've just been using Wise. Yeah. Tried to use my debit card. For some reason, it wouldn't work for any online transactions. Yeah. My uh, credit card was already compromised because somebody was using it for Uber, mm, like deliveries or whatever. In England. Yeah, in England <laughs> when we were in like fucking Vietnam. <laughs> And I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to have to cancel my card. And they sent a replacement, but of course you can't mail forward a card, like a credit card like that. So I didn't have any of my information whatsoever. So that was out of the picture. So ultimately we fucked around, dicked around for hours upon hours trying to make it work. Man, so many different plane tickets and they're all like thousands of dollars trying to get a same day flight from Taiwan to Vancouver. Yeah, and we literally called Chris's sister and was just like, do you have a credit card available? And she dug in her trash for both cut up credit cards that she was like, maybe these will work. And they didn't. As I was, like, frantically going through all these different travels, like, I sat there for, like, six hours. Yeah, you did. Just, like, grinding. Yeah, because we got the call at, like, what, like, 7 a.m., and we didn't book anything until 1 p.m. or something? Yeah, so all morning, all day, was just checking different travel sites, checking different airlines, and with every passing hour watching flights that I thought, I was like, okay, this one will work, and by the time we got the payment stuff sorted out, it was gone. Or it had quadrupled in price. We yeah. like went from a thousand dollars each to four thousand dollars each. Oh, yeah. we only have business class now. Yeah, like just like fuck, and it went on like that for like six hours. Six hours. Yeah, was... the whole time while Chris was doing that, I was like trying to help out with credit card stuff, packing, making yeah, sure that we were getting fed. There was a flight at one p.m. It was like maybe we can make it. I have just enough time to get to the airport. And maybe Jess, like, you'll have to stay here and pack up our apartment. Yeah. Like, I can just go ahead. And then we thought, I thought that I had one booked because an airline accepted it. But then they didn't process the payment. And in the meantime, we booked a flight for Jess. So then she had a confirmed flight and I didn't. And I, yeah, was, and I like, was like, I was like, I'm not the one that needs to be going home right now. Yeah. You need to be the one with the confirmed flight. Yeah, that it ended up that that one didn't process either because we didn't know it, that all of our credit cards weren't working. We're it's, all fucked. It's yeah. funny that the reality of all of our payment methods being defunct became real to us that morning. Like, we're, we've been just, like, blissfully ignorant that all of our payment methods were slowly, like... Just gone. Obliterated. <laughs> we're just like, doo-ba-doo-doo-doo. Because we had cash. Yeah. Just as mom had given us... A bunch of Chinese r and yeah. as a wedding gift, and we converted it to new Taiwan dollars, so we weren't really using our cards. Yeah, we were just, we're like, just blissfully, blissfully unaware that yeah. we had no digital currency. But eventually, we got it sorted out, and the flights were for the next, next day. day in the evening or in the afternoon? No, in the afternoon, 1 yeah. p.m. Yeah, so we ended up getting flights for the next day, and they were, it's like a 16-hour flight or something with a layover in Seoul. Yeah. In Korea. Yeah. Very um, short layover, but a layover. So then after we got the flights finally booked, 
only then were we allowed to feel we allowed ourselves to feel like holy shit our trip is over yeah like i mean but we didn't really even have time for that like maybe like an hour of groveling (laughs) just the reality of it feeling the reality yeah being like this is it then like i'm i'm not ready but like this is it i guess that was our trip like and you were quite upset and i was like let's put off and by, and by quite upset i wasn't like making you know no, a big no. deal or having a tantrum i was literally just like burritoed myself into the blanket yeah and just like hid myself from the world jess was just processing the reality of yeah. this beautiful experience coming to an end right there's a little bit of like reality adjustment that yeah. that passes through you i don't mean that you were upset at the situation like you were yeah. fully supportive but like there was some you know trauma associated yeah, with the a little bro- bit of grieving that yeah, was happening grieving, in exactly. the moment yeah and you know it was hard and i was like we have 24 hours we're still in taiwan for 24 hours we do need to pack we do need to clean up but let's go out into the city yeah like we're still here right now we'll feel the things that we need to feel when we get home yeah like let's be little sociopaths right now and compartmentalize that part of our brain and we're just going to be in Taipei for one more day. Yeah. The tickets ended up costing $5,000 in total uh, to get next day tickets out of Taiwan, which is more than we had budgeted. Um, just, just by a bit. But fortunately, this is a fucking crazy stroke of divine fortune. We'd been dicked around by our original flight back to Calgary. One of the airlines had changed the flight slightly so that we couldn't make our connection and they were in the process of rebooking it for us and it should have already been rebooked but they didn't get around to it i was super pissed at the time but then i wrote them back and was like hey you took too long i need to cancel that flight now and it's your fault and i'd like a refund (laughs) (laughs) i'd like a full refund please give me my money back so that ended up working out. So we got $2,000 back for our original tickets. So the, the difference really of the urgency was only three grand, 1500 each, which is yeah. basically like the cost of an extra plane ticket. And then remember how we mentioned that uh, there was some cash spend in our WISE account? Yeah, we ended up getting close to $1,100 into our WISE account that somebody randomly deposited yeah. in Indonesian rupiah. Yeah, they were deposits, not withdrawals. Yeah, and for some reason, we had 13 million Indonesian rupiah, which we converted into CAD, transferred out of our WISE account and into Chris's account, and then fucking closed that shit up. Yeah, and it's not fraud because it was a gift. Yeah. Somebody gave us money. Yeah. And I was grateful. Yeah. And that's fine. So that ended up... You know, coming back into our account, which means that, you know, we got our two grand re- refund from our original tickets, 1100 from the Indonesian rupiah, and that kind of brings our total to like, you know, we're getting close. three grand. Yeah, so we're we're about two grand shy of making, making that. But in our extra day, we were like, we got to shake off. We've got a pretty brutal reality to face when we get back to Canada. So we got to just like shake it off. We've got plenty of time to think about that. We've secured what we need to secure to get back and support the family. Like, let's get out into the city. So that's when we went to the night market. Yeah. With the delicious kiln-baked pork buns. 
black pepper beef. Black pepper beef buns, sorry. Oh, they were so good. They were so hot. I burnt they my mouth. They were so hot. <laughs> they were so hot and so fresh. It was a really cool market. There was a lot of really good food. And, and yeah. we did a bunch of gift shopping because it was like, okay, well, if we want souvenirs for people back home. This is the place. Yeah. This is the time. And we spent from like four in the afternoon all the way to like one in the morning out in Taipei. Yeah. Just like grabbing it by the fucking bows. Yeah. Grabbing all the bows. Yeah, grabbing yeah. Taipei by the bows. And we ate our way through that night market, ate every single thing that looked appealing to us, even if we didn't want to. Yeah, I had like a, it was like a quiche kind of. It, it was like a giant takoyaki. Yeah, it was like takoyaki. Yeah. And I didn't know that because takoyaki is with octopus and I'm not, not a big fan of some fish things. Like it was just like kind of an omelet kind of deal and it was tasty. But then they put shaved dried fish on top of it. And I had to scrape it off. <laughs> I was like, I think maybe it was like that flattened dried squid that we've been seeing everywhere since Thailand. Mm. Not since Thailand, since Cambodia. Seeing like these dried flat squids just like for sale in places, just preserved Even in squid. Vietnam, yeah. In Vietnam too. And I'm pretty sure it was like shavings of one of those on top of this thing. And it smelled like kind of like smoked salmon, but like real fishy. There's so many omega-3s in there. And I was like, Vitamins, blah. Um, <laughs> but I ate the underlying, like, egg cake, and it was fucking phenomenal. And we got a bunch of gifts for folks. I got some yeah. healing crystals for my mom from this place. And on the way home, I was like, I think maybe we could do a little indulgence. Yeah. Because we had new Taiwanese dollars on us, and we had enough for three weeks. I, I think we probably would have had to take out some more. Okay, but but we weeks. had a lot. For three quarters of our time in Taiwan anyways. And we ended up being like, you know what? Like, it's about time that we really try our best to spend it. And it's funny because I really wanted to do our best and spend it at the Rafa Night Market. But everything was so cheap. Yeah, there, yeah everything, everything was Everything was so cheap. I was just like, man, like, is there anything in here that I can actually spend real money on? And there was nothing. But we ate our way through and it was delicious and it was fantastic. Before we left, though. I remember sitting outside the entrance with you on this little bench. Yeah. Because we took a minute to sit down and, like, have a drink maybe or something. Yeah, and gather ourselves. And yeah. gather ourselves and, and kind of started to, like, look around at Taipei, look around at the world, really, mm. as something that we were about to no longer be a part of. And it, like, I remember people watching there and thinking about how cool it was to be out in the world and really processing, like... Yeah, where we are, what's yeah. happening. And how yeah. different the people around us, how different their perspective was from the one that we were going back to and just like taking it in as a global city. And Taipei is a is a really cool city. Like yeah. I never thought about it before. The only reason we ended up going there is because we knew that we were going to have to fly from there eventually to get home. Yeah. Because they're direct flights, uh, which we didn't end up taking. Um, but knowing now what I know about it, Everybody should visit Taipei. It was so cool. Mm -hmm. So we went to leave the night market. And then Jess remembered that she wanted to get something for some people. Yeah. I remember that I needed to get some souvenirs. So funny. There were some um, like little bubble tea like drink holders that I really wanted to get. And when we left the market, I was like, oh, you know, like, it's okay. I'll, I should be able to find it at the next place we're going. And Chris was like, no, like, if you're still thinking about it, we got to go get yeah. it. So we went back, got those little bubble tea holders. 
came back out and Chris and I were debating about like starting to go back to our neighborhood. Uh, our apartment. Yeah. And I ended up talking him into maybe let's just stop by Lululemon because <laughs> we have some money to spend. And let's take a look because they're going to be closing in about an hour and a half. So yeah. a couple days earlier when Jess and I had gone for bubble tea, we're walking around this super bougie part of town and there's you know all the versaces and like we took the the train most places yeah because it was super cheap it's like a dollar per way like, yeah it wasn't bad at all yeah so we get out and there's all the like louis vuitton and all this stuff hermes and yeah. hermes and there's this big lululemon store and at this time i was applying for a job at lululemon i've been talking to lululemon for like a month or yeah, something exactly and i was like it's so cool like let's peek in the lululemon store and let's take a look at you know what happening? they've got because you know we've been outside of the city for almost a year now and don't know what's the happening hips yeah, don't yeah. know what's happening with the hips these days. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, let's let's go to people who know what hips are shaped like. You know, Lulu. <laughs> Lulu knows. Lulu knows. And also, Asia Fit is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, they had a whole wall that was like Asia Fit pants. Yeah, for like different pelvic shapes and stuff like that for Asian people. And I felt very appreciated. Yeah. I felt like my body was very much appreciated. There was like a really cool, I took a picture of it, kind of like mural thing that was like a stylized silhouette of Taipei with like a Lululemon logo in the middle of it. Mm. And it's just so cool to go to local Vancouver things and other places. Yeah. And I tried on these pants. But then this girl that was helping us out, who was super, super awesome. She was, yeah. She brought over a different pair of pants. Yeah, I was just looking at joggers. And then she was like, you should try these. Yeah. They were like a mix between like a khaki and a dress pant, but like Lulu style. No, like like Carhartt worker pants, mm. and yeah, if Lululemon and, and made if Lululemon made Carhartts, that's basically what they were. Yeah, I tried them on, and they're high waisted, and I tucked my shirt in, and sploosh, <laughs> and Pam sploosh. Yeah, Pam. So there we are at Lululemon mopping the floor. <laughs> But I tried on the pants, and they're they're bone colored. They're white, and really liked them. But they were two hundred fifty bucks, and I was like, "Man, we still got three weeks of travel ahead of us. These pants are two hundred fifty bucks. I also like them. They're pretty. Can't fashion. justify the price. Can't justify it. We're like traveling. we're traveling. We're traveling. You know, we're trying to keep our expenses down to a thousand bucks a week. Like to spend a quarter of your weekly budget on a pair of pants just doesn't make sense. And now we come back, so. We're leaving the night market and Jess says... Oh. We don't want to miss this opportunity for getting some awesome Asia Fit sploosh pants. Yeah, yeah, like, we're going through a lot. I think we can manage a little bit of indulgence. Yeah. So we went back to Lululemon and I got my pants. And I also got a little sports bra that's really cute. Yeah. And then we went back to our apartment. Nope. Nope. We went to Shiman Station, and then we walked out, and we were mm. in the night market, and oh, yeah, we and ended then... up going to this place called Don Don Donkey, because... Don Don Donkey, Don Don Donkey all day. But anyways, it's open 24-7. It's like this like uh, Japanese fun house, basically. 
You go in there, it's the same song on repeat over and over again, and you've got three floors. And the first floor, the top floor, that you're directed to is basically just like knickknacks, accessories, like hygiene products, and and, and a and rated R section. Oh, yeah. They had like a curtain over it. It was just in the corner of the store, a big sign saying, nobody under 18, and nobody, nobody in, in school uniforms. School uniforms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so like, even if you're over 18, if you're in a school uniform, we don't want no, you no, in no, here. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, it gets, it gets intense. In whoa, 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 not you, not you. Yeah, I think it's more so for your own safety if you're wearing a school uniform and you come in here, like, prepare to be molested. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, nobody in school uniforms. You will be touched inappropriately. Yeah. And they had all kinds of weird Japanese sex toys because all of Don Don Donkey was like so Japanese. Yeah. And not just, like, weird Japanese sex toys, like, other Legit sex, sex toys. toys. Yeah, yeah, legit but, sex toys as well. Okay, when I say weird, so it sounds bad, but legitimately, though, the single males in Japan are a well-documented phenomenon. Yes, 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 I understand. It's yeah. the lonely boys, yeah. and they come up with some creative things, yeah. and I saw the most realistic things that were not humans that I have ever seen. That's true. Yeah, there were a bunch of different molds of some female parts yeah. that were like very anatomically correct. There were there. sex dolls with it, with texture. And like I don't like real texture yeah, down there. I don't. Yeah. And it, it was like pick your own adventure kind of texture. Like there were like five of them and you could pick like which texture appealed to you the most. As though you know. <laughs> so you know. Um, oh, I have a very discerning palate. I, uh, I like this squiggle one. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. You yeah. don't know. <laughs> anyway. So we got some knickknacks. I got a, yeah. I got a gag gift for a good friend of mine here. That's like a little, it looks like a little egg, but then I guess it like telescopes out and you put your yeah, dick. Yeah, you, you, you put some lube in there and then you, you put your dick in there. Put your dick in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything in that little section. It's like that SNL skit where the guy's like, and you put your weed in there. It's like everything's like, oh, and we have this egg over here, and it, and you can put your dick in there. And it's like, oh, we've got this beautiful doll, and like, and you can put your dick in there. <laughs> and over here we have a lunchbox, and you can put your dick in there. <laughs> yeah. And then there was this one section of just like full on, just like a huge range of dildos, and one of them was literally called Cat Punch. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was just big letters yeah. across the box. Because you, you can't write pussy fisting, so you gotta write Cat Punch. You know what it is. <laughs> I Cat Punch. <laughs> anyway. So we had to go in there. I mean, when are you in a Japanese sex toy store? Like, yeah, exactly. You gotta check it, it out. It was so fun. It was so fun. Yeah. Anyway, so we walked through... Got a bunch of different toys that weren't sex related. Yeah, you know, we walked through the whole department store, yeah. not just, not just. Didn't the sex. just go in for the sex area. Um, yeah, just like so, we got some souvenirs for my nieces and nephews. It's like whoa, whoa, whoa! Just to be clear, we were no longer in the sex toy part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, we walked through. Got oh man, I got some sushi. It was delicious. Mm. Um, they had some crazy high quality food products. Like you could just get like slices of wagyu beef. Yeah. It was, like, crazy. Yeah, we really enjoyed ourselves. Basically, fooled around in there for a little while. Really took our time, enjoyed ourselves. All three Locked floors. Out. Yeah, all three floors. Walked out of there. And, you know, while I was eating my sushi, Chris got a little hungry. And he went off on his own little adventure to order some skewers. Yeah, I knew it was our last night. And we were near all the street food vendors in the little Shimen, this Byzantine mishmash of roads and alleyways. 
And I was like, I'm going to go find something. She's like, yeah, go ahead. I ran down the street and I saw this like cart with these little skewers. You know, it was an older lady. It's like, I, I for sure have to order in Japanese. And I was Japanese like, or in Chinese. <laughs> I for sure have to order in Chinese. Sorry, I'm still in Don Don Donkey Land in my, in my head. So I was like, Liang Jiro, like two chicken. <laughs> and she was like, Sanga Yibai. And I looked at her and I blinked. And then I was like, Duolingo, like three, 100. Three for a hundred. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And gave her the money and she gave me the skewers and I said, thank you. And then I left and the, you know, it's very basic. We like, I know how to say chicken. I know my numbers. Like, I know that's super basic, but it was just so encouraging to have a complete interaction that was flawless, even if it was super elementary because we were only in Taiwan for a week. I hadn't been practicing Chinese for like a year. Yeah, most it, of the time, like if we were going out and doing anything, I was usually the one talking. Yeah, you yeah. had to be, right? Yeah. And even though it was such an elementary interaction, it showed me that if I was staying, I could do it. Yeah. That it was like, it was starting to become possible for me to communicate without Jess. And the symbolism of that was so much more important than the complexity of the conversation yeah and you should have seen him running back to me so proud he's like he's like man you gotta you gotta hear this interaction that i just did and he's eating his skewers looking all happy he was like all of a sudden chris just turned into like this jovial six-year-old that's because it was so cute like in when we first got to bali and went to the night market you know we've been practicing our numbers on Duolingo a lot and then we go and like ask for our food and they say like sounds back at us and we just look at them with blank stares and we're like how many monies with our palms out (laughs) like that's what it's usually like but when I I was like okay I know what I need to say to this lady and I was like two chickens and then she said things back to me that I wasn't I thought she was just gonna be like okay Okay. like and put her fingers up to be like this money dollars but she like said sounds and I and I was like I know what you said Ah, and I, and here's the monies you yeah, asked for it was for. just so much yeah. it was just so encouraging to, to feel more capable than I had in other languages and we had just come through Thailand which is fucking impossible Thai is hard yeah Thai's hard Khmer is fucking hard yeah Vietnamese is fucking impossible <laughs> it's Indo- not impossible for me yeah. Indonesian is not too bad but like no, Indonesian was easy but Thai Thai is particular was like yeah Thai was out of there yeah, it was out there for yeah. me because it's tonal and it's different and there's no alphabet in, yeah. it, or you I couldn't recognize the alphabet out, yeah. can't sound it out and so it was just so encouraging to be like if we were staying here like I could have done it yeah and oh, I'm getting emotional talking about it it was just like validation and it wasn't everything that I wanted from my experience in Mandarin. But it was like to be like, you could have done it. Yeah. I feel like such an overprivileged little bitch to be emotional about not getting to spend more time in Taipei. But it's like, it's really hard to describe the feeling of being like yanked out of such a beautiful experience. So, I mean, nobody wants to be woken up from a really good dream. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Yeah, so we got all our toys and stuff and souvenirs that we got for everybody. We went back to the apartment, went 
straight to bed. Packed it all up the next morning and... Yeah, woke up really early. Basically went to sleep for five hours. Yeah, woke up really early and got on our way to the train to head to the airport. Yeah. And on the way to the airport... <laughs> ah. I remember looking out the window of the SkyTrain because the, the airport is not in Taipei. It's in the next town over. Is it yeah, Taoyuan. Taoyuan. We're on the SkyTrain going from Taipei to Taoyuan and passing over this forest, the one that we were going to go hiking in. And it was like the most beautiful forest I had ever seen. It was a climate that I didn't recognize. It was like lush, but not jungle. It was very unique and like 24 degrees celsius and so calm it felt like the most beautiful like woodland creatures lived there yeah <laughs> like just, fairies and stuff just like the buildings looked fake because you see them in cartoons the forest looked fake because you see it in cartoons like you expect for like princess mononoke animals to come out of it like it looks spiritual and fantastical like the cartoons do and it just makes you believe that they're really in there and it makes you recognize like the creators of like even like studio ghibli like just understanding like how did you get inspired by the forest and it's like well that's how you had that to work with yeah you can see the complexity and depth and the magnificence of that yeah. forest you can see the shadows where those little creatures would have emerged from yeah, in, the, and like, in the artist's mind some of the trees were like it looked like they were covered in moss yeah like, it was crazy. Yeah. Like, misty and, like, just so beautiful. So gorgeous. And as we were passing over that on our way to the airport, I was, like, this beautiful countryside, a beautiful forest, and I was recognizing that all of, like, that we were diverging. Our timeline was diverging from the one where we did all the things that we had been planning to do for weeks in Taiwan. And we were really excited. You know, there's a mm. bullet train that goes all the way down the coast. There's all these beautiful cities and destinations. Yeah. And we were talking to Brad, who's a tour guide, about yeah. all these different things. And that... he was just like, you want history and food in one place, you go to Tainan. Like, yeah, and he's like, I can even take you. Or yeah. like, we can do tours. He was going to yeah. give us a free walking tour around the city. And like, all these things that were before us were suddenly not. Not only that, but replaced with a reality where my family was potentially about to be completely destroyed. Yeah. It was uh, it was a lot of despair. And then we embarked on our 48 hours of Friday, March 24th, because we were about to cross the international date line. But that's a story for another day. So that was our first and last week in Taiwan. You know, I've been thinking about recording this for a long time, and mm. um, I was worried that I was going to lose the feeling of it and I wasn't going to be able to recreate it. Yeah. But uh, cuz it's been 2 weeks since we left. It's been a lot since we left. Yeah. But no, it's right there. It's right there. Yeah. So that was our almost Taiwan. Um <laughs> and just like Thailand, I can say with confidence that that story is yet to be written. Like we did with Almost Thailand. Now we know. It's not out of our reach to make it a reality. Now we know that nothing is out of our reach to make it a reality. Yeah. Oh, man. This is uh, quite an episode. 
feel like this is the most like sincere episode that we've ever outside of the Padawa one. That's true. That was powerful. So, spoiler alert: we're in Vancouver right now, in our condo, looking out at the same balcony that with... we've looked out of for a full year, basically year and a half. Yeah. The same balcony where we did our very first test recording. Yeah, that's crazy. Sitting at yeah. those chairs. Oh, I remember that. And it was like so cold and we were wrapped in blankets and just like with our tea and there was a dead bee there. <laughs> it was just cold. It was just cold, right? right. <laughs> just cold. Imagine the two of us sitting there. I can picture those it sounds right like now. if you could speak to them. Man, that's oh that makes me emotional. Like, and I would just hold myself and just be like, you are in for the fucking ride of your life and it's going to be so amazing. Yeah. You're going to see so much. You're going to meet so many amazing people. You're going to eat so much good food, Jess. Everything that you are afraid to hope will happen will happen. Yeah. And then some. And it'll change your life. Man. They deserved it. Yeah. They've been through a lot. Anyway. So, saying farewell, Taiwan. Not farewell, but Zaijian. <laughs> which means... Zaijian. Ah, like... Bees, CBs, living colonies, buzzy MCs with a singer for emergencies. Cooperate to pollinate, never work alone. Just don't bring a honey home to the honeycomb. Ooh.